brother. <laughs> amen, 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 sister. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all can just chill out. <laughs> We're about to get into Gethsemane tonight. So make sure. So make sure you pop an Advil. <laughs> Glory. You guys like Jesus? I more than like him. I love him. He's my Lord and Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you are gay with him. For sure. Gay means to be happy now. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. It's good to see everyone around continuing in discipleship in the glory. Oh, we're going to focus on the Word in our spirit. going to get built up. going to grow tonight in heavenly flight, in ecstasy, delight, in Jesus' might, in the might of the Lamb of God, the Bride of the Lamb. You guys know what that is? Yes, I've been watching Joel Smart for 15 years. That brings us to the scripture of the day. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. This is the way. Walk in it. Amen. I like it. Look at the, look at the size of the knife sticking out the back of that hog. You know why? He's a priest. He's about to cut up an animal. In Jesus' name, that's actually a fillet knife for fish. If you look real closely, take a good look at that. That's a fillet knife. You can tell it starts out wide at the the base and then gets really thin and curves there. He's going, <laughs> he's going fishing for men. Hallelujah. Mm. Heaven's Angels Biker Club. And this is the clubhouse broadcasting live from North Minneapolis. Just across the street is uh, Prodigal Clubhouse, the red and white, the Hell's Angels. Literally, right across the street. But we're Heaven's Angels. And we're in the Spirit of the holy angels, God told me today. Let me just try to see if I can sit up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. A couple crazy things God said. He's always saying something wild. I've never met a person wilder and more free than the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a person. He'll materialize out of his omnipresence and his manifest presence as a silhouette of light. As a man of fire, a man of light. Amen. And he wants to wear your body. Every other spirit in the garden wants to wear your body, want to live inside your body, want to live in your soul and your blood. Suck you dry. This is the one spirit that wants to help you, save you, has a perfect plan for your life. You're going to do the will of some spirit. 
Might as well be the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Holy Angels is his name. The Lord of Spirits, the Lord of Angel Armies. He has many names in the Bible. The Paraclete, the one called alongside to help. He's also the new wine of the new covenant. The Holy Ghost is the wine or the blood of the covenant. When Jesus sent his spirit, his river at Pentecost, he was giving you an opportunity to become his family. How do you become a brother and sister of the Lord Jesus Christ like the Bible says? How do you become a second born from the dead in the first born from the realm of the dead? You gotta be in his blood. Everyone knows they say, oh, he's my brother. Same blood. Came out of the same belly. If you're born of God, you come out of the belly of God. Amen? Amen. You understand that in the natural. Now we're going to understand it in the spiritual. And then we're going to walk in it. (laughs) One more time now. This is the way. Walk in it. Isaiah 30, 21. Every day we're going to be doing the scripture of the day. God gives me a verse every single day. That's my daily bread. The rhema word of God. I tell you what. Now is the time to be screen mirroring the Bible. The whole atmospheric shift in elements and sky and air and everything in creation has shifted to a greater glory because of a greater elevation of the overcomers of where their spirit is in the heavens doesn't mean their body is any place different my body's still right here my body been here since 2008 haven't even moved five feet literally started right there about two feet away how many years is it like 16 years moved two feet in 16 years but what has moved dramatically in those 16 years is the inner man this elevation isn't even comprehensible to the 2008 elevation because we go from glory to glory which is a vertical ascension of the hidden person of the heart the stairway to heaven is real it's an internal secret stairway few find it that's the narrow path that few find and guess what leads you up that path your relationship with the lord you say who's the lord jesus no no it's not that's not biblical the lord is the spirit the bible says second corinthians 3 18 the spirit is the lord jesus ain't even here so he can't even have lordship What is the part of the Trinity and the Godhead that's present, Emmanuel? The Spirit is the Lord. Which means you can't share in any lordship, dominion, authority, power over anything until you become a better friend with the Holy Ghost. And you know, becoming a friend of the Holy Ghost means that he will share with you his power. He says his power must be the silhouette of light. You have seen the man of light. You have seen the Lord of glory. And we have. We have. But that's only part of his power. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of angel armies. The angels are animated by the Spirit of God. In the archangel Michael, the very light emanating out of the greatest angel, probably, is the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the holy angels. 
That's the same spirit that will animate your spirit to be like the angels. So I want to start out with this verse here. We're going to be in the Bible tonight. Isaiah 30, verse 20. Even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship and difficulty, He Himself will be there with you. Emmanuel. He will not hide Himself from you, for your eyes will constantly see Him as your teacher. Isaiah 30, 20, verse now 21. When you turn to the right or turn to the left, you will hear his voice. And you will hear his voice behind you to guide you, saying, This is the right path. Follow it. This is the way. Walk in it. A different translation says this. The Passion Translation. Hallelujah. So you have a guide. Isn't that good? The Lord is your guide. This is how we need to know Him. People are confused. You know, the evidence that you're in the flesh, you're confused about the way. That's why all Christians, including the apostles and prophets when they're younger, need pastors. You need the fivefold. You need pastors. I was pastored by men and women of the Spirit for 10 years probably. God had me go into church. I used to go to church, believe it or not. A lot of churches. Worked with them as a missionary for a while. And I had awesome pastors. And it was fun submitting to them. It was fun walking with them. It was fun letting their shepherd's crook guide me. I enjoyed it all the time. They were wonderful. I had so much fellowship in the church. The only time it turned bad is when the demons, because of the internal elevation, the cap that everyone has a cap. It's not like, oh, it's just you've had a bad experience. No, it's the, the curse of the fall and elevation dealing with the bad experience called the foul birds. Every soul has a cap. I know what my cap is, and I pierce through it daily. That's what I die daily to. Everyone has a cap. Your soul is the cap of your spirit. That you may know the heights and the widths and the depths and the breadth. Say that ten times fast. Breadth, heights, depth, breadth. What's the breadth, man? What's the difference between a depth and a breadth? Oh, Jesus. Mysteries. That's a sacred secret. <laughs> I get you drunk, man. Breaths, depths, breaths, widths, heights. Oh, man. You're in that list glory of Moses. <laughs> Amen. You know what it is, the widths and the heights and the breadths and the depths of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. It's your guide. That is the path that is illuminated to your mind. This is what the pastor... I had silver flake manifest on my pastor ring. You have your five fingers represent the fivefold. Thumb is apostle. Pointer is prophet. Middle finger is evangelist. Ring finger is pastor. Pinky is teacher. So Bob Jones would often say, lift your hands up into the air. 
which <laughs> finger is buzzing and which finger do you w feel wind on? A fivefold. A fivefold sunship. Sunship is all fivefold. Which means you mature in sonship, which is the manifesting Son of God because Jesus Christ is in you. And as he really gets through you, how many of y'all know that's what the fivefold is? In the church age, there was actually a couple people who had an external fivefold. Kingdom age, you're not going to have any of that. Because that's only temporary until we grow up. Now you're going to have Jesus, the fivefold ministry of Jesus, manifest through your hearts. Every single one of you that matures into the 144,000 overcomers, the Israel of God, the eternal spiritual Israel of God, will have the fivefold ministry of Jesus manifesting through you, mostly in the marketplace, mostly in business. <laughs> Truth, anyhow. Oh, hallelujah. They call it revival in the marketplace. I have found that people are religious. You notice that? People have an external perception of what it's supposed to look like. And since we don't have the experience, we don't have the wisdom or the eye salve that sees. So it means it costs you your natural vision to get spiritual vision in order to see the path illuminated by the Word of God. There is a path, and the Lord says, walk in it. And everyone comes into Christianity totally blind. Different measures of darkness, darkness on the land, deep darkness on the people, which means we need a good shepherd, and the Holy Ghost will provide shepherds, and the Holy Ghost will provide great shepherds, and eventually you'll rise to the place of perfect shepherds of the heavenly Jerusalem, the pastor only with the river of life. We didn't always have that standard, did we? We started out with people that had just a little bit of revelation. Most of them weren't even God inside minded. They had good intentions, they meant well, they loved Jesus, they had zeal for the kingdom, no one questions the integrity of those that are sincerely serving him. We question the measure of revelation and the obedience to that revelation. That should be tested and questioned in everyone, not just the leaders, but in everyone. You got to hold the people to the same standard as the leaders, otherwise you get the Nicolaitans, the separation of church leadership and laity and clergy which is a heresy of having a different standard to the leaders they're out there just judging us on the stage and the same standard that you judge the leaders the bible says will be judged upon you we already judge ourselves with the white throne judgment seat of christ you can't even get more severe than the standard we hold ourselves already to the only thing you're doing is attacking the anointing and setting in order the destruction of your soul by fighting the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he does get offended. The Bible says that he will remove the things that offend him, which is your religiosity. A religious person offends Jesus. And we don't care about offending religious people. Offend the demons all day long because they're demons. They're not redeemable. They're evil spirits. If you offend evil, that means you might be walking in good. You might be walking in the anointing, the oil of joy, the laughter, the miracles, the breaking of the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. 
They thought they thought it was breaking the law, but it was fulfilling the law. They couldn't tell the difference because Satan was their father, the Bible says. It's not breaking the law. It's the freedom and abundant life of fulfilling the law in the river. But the dry place demonized hate the living water because it's the freedom of heaven. Satan hates heaven. He hates it. He doesn't even want to go there, guys. He wants to steal from that place. There's no demon that even wants to go there. They're tortured by even the thought of it. The Bible says that they shudder. They will make a man's hairs stand up on end. I like that verse. Let's get into the Amplified now. We've had enough passion translation for the day. People ask, what translations do you recommend? Translating out of darkness into glory light. That's the translation that I recommend, amen? Because once you're in the glory, you could read out of the Mormon Bible and it's anointed. Oh, yeah. You have that big Masonic emblem in your King James Version to be like, man, this is cracked today. The gold dust might fall on the emblem of the Luciferian warlock. Because you're in the light, there's no curse there. So everything's joy unspeakable and full of glory. But if you're cursed, in a curse of the fall, you get offended, there's good and evil, there's up and down, right and left, I mean, you're in the flesh. So all it is is religion and Satan. You gotta get in the river, man. Jesus Christ said, I've come that you'd have freedom. And freedom more abundantly. You gotta get set free. You gotta get set free from your brain. What's the curse of the fall, y'all? The brain discerning good and evil. That's when you're cursed with the curse. Practicing the curse is practicing good and evil in the flesh. Half the people tuning in, you know you're cursed because that's where you're at. So it's time to get in the river and get free from the curse. Love will set you free. That's what the Bible says, perfect love drives out fear. The fear of doing the wrong thing. You know, when you're in the river, you don't have fear because you're swept away by the torrents of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a fear-free zone. But when freedom comes from those who live in the river, it exposes the realm you're living in. How many of y'all know not everybody lives in the glory realm? Not everybody lives in the realm of freedom and abundant life, in the realm of the overflow. Some people live in the realm of lack, in a realm in a dimension of a satanic prison of mindsets, of woundedness, of poverty, of religiosity, of do's and don'ts with the taskmaster on their head. How many of y'all know some Christians live in Egypt? But Christians that live in Zion are your leaders leading you into the promised land of freedom and abundant life. Freedom and abundant life, the promised land of the Lamb of God is your spiritual promised land and the gates of this promised land are open to you today. Today is the day of salvation. This is the way. Walk in it. You can go through this door right now by hearing the word and disagreeing with the cursed demon lying in your brain. You know, it's not that we beat saints up. We beat saints' demons up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the iron scepter that gets the outside for the creamy center of the inside. Amen. Oh, the creamy center of the inside, brother. What is that? The 
spirit of man, the spirit inside you that God's put inside you, dash the nations to pieces like pottery. Word for nations is DNA or flesh. Have you dashed, dashed flesh to pieces like pottery? Are you pleased in the flesh? Flesh pleasing is Satan worship. There's Satan worship everywhere in Christianity. Get a life. Expose it. You gotta please Christ. We must please the Lord. We must obey the Spirit. Who are the sons of God telling you the truth? The Bible says the ones who are pleasing the Spirit. The ones who are obeying the Spirit are the manifesting sons of God. If you please anything else, you have a different God. It's true. If you please the soul, Jesus is not your God. Christians, they have all these ideas of what Jesus is. It's mostly strange fire. Mostly immaturity. I'm pleasing Jesus in my soul. You're pleasing the devil. It's true. You don't know any better, so it's forgivable. But it's blasphemy of Jesus, which Jesus said was forgivable. What's not forgivable is when the spirit becomes real and then you attack that. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or the attacking or disobeying of the Holy Spirit. You know, to disobey the Holy Spirit, you have to mock him. They mock the Holy Spirit. I see Christians mocking the Holy Spirit every day. These aren't real Christians. These are satanic Luciferian followers of the angels of light that deceive Christians. There's a horror Babylon Christianity out here, if you haven't noticed. Come out here. It's like the Tower of Babel Nimrod translation. That's the one you don't want to read. The Nimrod translation. The Bible of the Antichrist. You can read it. It's called the ne Necronomicron. I have they got, they got the Necronomicron Bible. The Book of the Dead, that's what Paul says, the dead letter that kills. Hey, what's the Book of the Dead? The Bible without the spirits, the Book of the Dead. Your Bible's the Necronomicron, man. Yeah, we keep one on the shelf. It's made out of human skins. <laughs> oh, it comes with the bone and marrow of 12 billion dead burning in hell. That's the study Necronomicon Bible. Yeah, and study how deep in the realm of the dead do you want to go? Jesus was baptized there, which means if you haven't gone there, you're ignorant. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's true. We have an ignorance of hell. I would not have you unaware of hell. If God loves you, he will expose the enemies trying to destroy you. If they're not exposed in your life, you haven't been around divine love. Divine love covers and protects. Divine love shepherds from wolves, from coyotes, from birds, beasts, and reptiles. Good shepherd shepherd you from religion to save your souls. Because nothing's trying to kill you more than religion out there. A lot of people think it's good religion. It ain't the good religion of James. Pharisees always quoting James. Faith on that works is dead. <clears throat> but they don't have any faith. All they have is works, so they're dead. You gotta still have faith, man. Sober-minded, not sour-minded. That's a good word right there. They say be sober-minded. You know what that means? Be alert in the glory. Doesn't mean don't have the anointing, you demon. Get a life. 
It's like, no, no anointing for me. The Bible says be sour-minded. I'm just over here critical of everything I don't understand. <coughs> burn, major burn. Mm. Praise God. Well, I don't even remember what part of the Bible we're going to read. Just went off ranting against the devil. That's what we do at Jules Bart. We just attack everything wrong everywhere. You know, when you're in an army and you're at war and you're surrounded with spiritual enemies, you go crazy. It's a good, it's a good, what do they call it, bloodlust. With the blood of Jesus lust. Which means you just go wild on everything wrong around you in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Bible says be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and don't give the devil a foothold. <clears throat> you can be angry and not sin, which means be in the river. Be angry in the river like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was mad. He was yelling at people in the river all the time. You snakes! You come down here to splash water on your snake skins? Like that's gonna save you devils. Who told you to repent and enter the kingdom, you sons of hell? That's what John the Baptist was angry, yelling at religious people full of Satan every day. That's why the Bible says be angry. When was the last time you yelled at a religious spirit? You let the religious spirit yell at you and enter your body and make you a zombie to sin. Totally irrelevant to the freedom of the anointing. You need to take that anointing and fight back. Amen. You know, an army is not on the defense, but on the full armor of God. It's not just taking hits from evil, demon-possessed, self-righteous punks everywhere with no obedience to the Holy Ghost posing in the guise of Christ, anti-Christ everywhere. You just sit there and take their crap? No, that's not what a military would do. You'd shoot them in the head instantly. You know, you have a Holy Ghost sniper rifle, use it! Blow their heads off! With the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You got some carnal people they are like, that's why I stockpile munitions, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. He's anti-Christ trying to take away my Second Amendment right, you know? The hillbilly glory, I like some hillbilly redneck glory. Sometimes we get into the NASCAR anointing. Amen. Jesus was a NASCAR driver. Amen. I remember some prophet telling me that Jesus pulled up to him in a Formula One car. If you know a Formula One car, they only have one seat. And he said, hop in. This is how you fly fast, in union with the Lord of Spirits. Unity in a level where you can't see the difference on the inside. There's so much light between you and him. Because he's in there so strongly. That's what keeps you humble. You don't get humbled by external things. That can't grow your spirit. It can break down your pride. But the breaking down of pride is not the building up of confidence. Confidence is also known as faith. In order to have faith and confidence with Christ in your spirit, you're going to have to know him more intimately. We'll break down pride every day because that's the devil. We'll break down lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, because that's Satan. But you need to build up the spirit, too. These are justice scales of Christian growth. 
It means you can only apply the destruction of sin outwardly to the measure you apply the building up of the spirit inwardly. You can't tear down only, you must build up. Some of you haven't been in a tear down and not a build up and you can't be torn down anymore. So it's like you can't even grow until your spirit gets built up with revelations. That's why the prophets require fresh bread. You got to eat it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The spirit and the bride say, come and drink, which means you have to decide to drink and eat the prophetic food provided for you by the fivefold in the river. You can't even force a person to eat. A lot of times they just put it into their soul. That, even, that won't even help you. That'll cause you to grow in pride. You need to put it in your spirit. And men ate the bread of angels. How do you put angel bread into the soul? That won't help you. You got to put angel bread into the angel. Angel bread goes into the angel. Word angel, there is spirit. Spirit bread goes into the spirit. Hidden manna. Why is it hidden? Because it's for the hidden person of the heart. It has to go into your spirit. Until you learn how to eat for your spirit, you'll be outside the walls of the Father's house, Luke 15. So most people come in fresh out of pagan false Christianity and have to learn how to eat and drink for their spirit. And many of you are just learning how to eat and drink. False Christianity teaches you how to eat and drink in the soul. Real Christianity will teach you how to eat and drink for your spirit. Out of your spirit flow rivers when you're eating and drinking. But first and foremost, hidden manna, what's hidden manna? Invisible words. They're all over the place in here. Sometimes the invisible words are from the enemy. The parable of the sower sowing seed. Jesus Christ said you'll have four times more words, invisible words of Satan come against you than the word of God. That's what he said. An enemy came and then there was weeds, stones, cares, lies, all kinds of stuff of the external realm of the fallen angels that he said was four times more than the simplicity of the words of Jesus. The red letter ministry. Not this, Jesus in this, which is red letter ministries. It's Jesus, the word of God versus all the other words in the world perfectly represented by Moses, his staff was the word of God. The wood that does not decay, the cross. The cross of Calvary was the staff of the apostle Moses. And it devoured Jannies and Jambres and the sorcerers and all their words because the word, even though it looked just like wood, just like pen on parchment, it was animated. Wasn't it animated? Both words were animated, which represents the curses of the kingdom of hell. They are animated. They come and they just sound like words. You just listen to people talk all this pagan crap around you. Unbelief, doubt, worry, fear, gossip, slander, demons everywhere, talking everywhere, buzzing in your ears everywhere. And it's all wood. And it's just like, oh, it's just words in the realm of the natural. Don't be so critical, brother. No, that's not it at all. Those are the sorcerer's staves of Egypt working around your heads, trying to kill you. And if you don't take the words seriously, they will destroy your souls. 
And the only salvation is in the word of God represented in Moses' staff that was also animated into a snake. Amen? So when the word is manifest into the natural realm, it's a serpent in the garden. That's why you get persecuted. They don't understand anything. They're over there with just the dead staff. Just don't let it be animated, but it's already animated. It's working in the spirit world. It's a snake in the spirit world. Are you telling me Jesus is a serpent in the spirit world? No, I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. He was the bronze serpent lifted up that everyone looked upon the snake and was healed, the Bible says. Jesus represented in the flesh as snake is a biblical concept. He said, be wise as serpents. Jesus recommended you become wise as snakes. Snake means snake. The snakes go, Jesus said, be wise like a snake, but be gentle as a dove which means walk in the Holy Ghost, which means use your spiritual intelligence to rule the natural realm, which is snake and serpent. Hello? What do you think Egypt is? Pharaoh, the crown of Egypt, has snakes coming out the forehead. If you look it up on Google, the archaeological dig of Google, you can go look on there. Show me Google Pharaoh's crown. And you'll see two snakes coming right out of the forehead. Both of them get eaten by the mind of Christ, which will also be a snake coming out your forehead. And that's what people freak out about the transformation of the ruin of your mind. Well, you're not going to be wise as a serpent, I guess. You reject it because the divinity looks so much like the enemy. How many of y'all know that's what Satan does, confuses divinity? to look like the enemy, so you never grow because of fear. I don't want to be deceived. Well, you're going to have to trust the Holy Ghost. You're already demon-possessed, which is worse than being deceived. Might as well just jump out of the boat and walk on water. If you sink, trust God. If you die, fly away. You need to overcome the fear of death. I die daily, which means you have no more fear of death, no more fear of lack, no more fear of loneliness, no more fear of anything when you're married to the cross. The issue is the cross, that wood that doesn't decay, is not big enough in your brain today. We need a bigger cross. You know, the most thankful thing we should be thankful for is the cross that God gave us. Not Jesus' cross, your cross. The Lord said, unless you pick up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. And so we're just like, oh, Jesus did it all on his cross. That's not biblical. That's not right. That is a, that is a cop out for transformation and sanctification. You are rejecting change because you are given a cross. Now you die on it. You die on your cross daily or you're not following him at all. Fake Christians don't have crosses, the Bible says, that they have become, Apostle Paul, many, not a few, not rare, many have become the enemy of the cross, which means they live soulish, selfish, false Christian lives. That is normal Christianity in America right now. That's why the persecution is so bad towards those with crosses. But if you're around realms with no crosses, you don't even know there's persecution in America. <laughs> Truth anyhow, God told me today, he said this before, but he reiterated it today, Red Letter Ministries is the most persecuted ministry in America. 
Well, you just look around, doesn't take much to discern that. I mean, what other ministry has complete demon-possessed legions of crazy people saying all the most wildest stuff against us to hurt us and destroy us every day for 15 years every day i've never had a break from it in 15 years you don't see any ministry on the planet dealing with that like we deal with it every single day we must be going after some higher promises for satan and his demon possessed puppet puppets to be going so crazy out there some of these people have dedicated their lives to destroying everyone who comes into this ministry, messaging them. Any area of open woundedness where they're open to listening to Janes and Jambres, the voice of the kingdom of hell. Hell has a voice. Hell has a prophet. Hell has a pastor. Hell has teachers. Hell has evangelists. Hell, even the Bible says, has apostles. Hell has special messengers. That's why they send you all their stuff on messenger. They're special messengers, not of heaven, of hell. And they're attacking what's most critical and important for the advancement of the kingdom. They don't care about anything else. So most people should use the persecution as evidence of what the kingdom is doing in the earth. And we're doing it. And we're winning. And that's why they're going crazier than ever before. We've seen craziness every day in this ministry as a reaction of hell being defeated by our faith. And faith is your victory over Satan, the Bible says, who has overcome the devil. Him who has believed in the Son of God, he is the one who's overcome the world. Your faith in the dimension of your spirit, in your heart, and how many of y'all know your spirit has a shepherd staff in it? Amen. The great shepherd will lead you to the spring, and the spring is your ability to shepherd and pastor the flock. What sheep doesn't need water? Dead ones that are actually not in a sheep form. Amen. You have a sheep form for years. I had a sheep form for years until the man form rose out of my spirit. You have an animal avatar. You will bear the images of animals. You can't avoid it. You can be in denial and be ignorant and die in unbelief, or you could understand reality in dealing with reality of the angels and image bearing of the fallen angels and image bearing of the good shepherd and the image bearing of being a good sheep. That is the best place you could possibly be. Psalms 23. It is. To be right in the place of the food that the great shepherd of your soul, Jesus Christ, in his brothers and sisters down here in the river, has led you to. You know, what is the will of God? To be in the sheepfold until your spirit man stands up as a shepherd. That's totally biblical. What do the prodigal sons do? Nothing until they learn how to eat. And why do they eat? So that the Father can be formed in them in the nature of God, which is your eternal ministry. To become a being of light as God the Father is a light being. Hebrews 1, it is written. So you eat until you defeat your enemies under your feet. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Psalms 23, hallelujah. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Bah. Oh, I love being a sheep of the great shepherd. Are you kidding me? You know what sheep do? All they do is eat and drink and trance up. How long does that season last until the shepherd rises in your heart? That's what the Bible says. How long am I going to be a sheep? Forever. I will be a sheep of God, my great shepherd, for eternity. And if you can't have the humility to be a sheep, just forget about ever becoming a Christian because you're still not a sheep yet. A goat won't be shepherded by the great shepherd. Goats can't be shepherded. It's true. A goat and a sheep, that's what Jesus taught in the Bible. The ones that refuse to live inside the realm of feasting on the Holy Spirit. They reject eating for the invisible part of them. That's what a goat does. They won't eat in the sheepfold. They got to go out there and eat for their soul. Soulish believers are not sheep. They're goats. Spiritual believers are sheep because they eat. That's what the Bible says. I shall not lack. Why? Because the great shepherd makes me lie down in fresh tender green pastures <laughs> far away fields green pastures why because my spirit is malnourished when your spirit is nourished from eating into your spirit guess what happens jesus appears on the inside it's called seeing the lord the bible says those who eat will see the lord how do you get your heart purified to see god matthew 5 you gotta eat god Eat my flesh, drink my blood, or you cannot be my disciple. It is written. John 6. So it's all about keeping the feast. The marriage supper of the Lamb is not some futuristic event made up by charismatic witchcraft. The marriage supper of the Lamb begins when you marry him in your spirit. And if you say a sheep, you're always feasting in that marriage supper. Because what's married? Your soul to your spirit. To Christ in your spirit. Your spirit is married to the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus. If you're not married, forget a supper. There's no feast. Which means there's no union between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people, the Bible says, return to your first love, which means get remarried. You got to rededicate your spirit part of you that marries the lamb. The bride of the lamb is a people whose spirits are married to the Holy Spirit. These are the only ones that get the sheepfold. Everyone else that's soulish, goats can't even find that dimension. That's why they attack the sheep every day. And amongst the goats, there will be wolves. There'll be lions that seek and destroy. There are leopards of lust. Lions of pride. Not good apostolic lions. Demonic lions. Satan has a roaming lion. All kinds of foul, detestable beasts, birds, reptiles, four-footed crawling creatures, creeping, crawling things everywhere, bur maggots, bugs, spiders. It's like Shelob and Mordor around here. Time to cleanse Mordor from Middle Earth. Hallelujah! Destroy the ring of power. And I tell you the truth, you do it right inside your own spiritual stomach. You got to find the altar of God inside you. You got to realize the glory of Christ in you in order to find the altar to burn up the sinful nature of the soul as the daily sacrifice for the spirit. 
for the spirit of God to rise in you, man. Come on. Jesus is Lord. I hear this verse right now. You have the spirit of a mighty warrior. The spirit of a mighty warrior is in this place. I don't know, that's a scripture somewhere in there. Google that one later. The spirit of a mighty warrior. He leads me. You gotta want to be led, right? Problem with people, they, they reject being led by Great Shepherd. Great Shepherd is only inside men and women, fivefold. If you reject being pastored, you can't follow the Holy Ghost in this life. You rejected him entirely. If you're not submitted to the body of Christ, not the sinful parts that's being sanctified out of them, but the anointed parts that are healed in them, and you can find that in every born-again believer. I find it in Catholics and Lutherans. I can find it in Baptists. Even I can find it oftentimes in those persecuting me. I can find a safe part of them. I know their soul's a mess. Their mind doesn't isn't renewed. They have no revelation. They've never been in the wine cellar. They've never had a drink. But they believe in Jesus. And many of those people, just out of ignorance, they don't even know that they're attacking the Holy Spirit. They're just out here in war, and they can't really tell the difference sometimes when God comes in a different form. And even those that persecute us sometimes, I can see the divine part in them. I still block them off the face of the earth, and they're a bunch of punks, but I can see the divine part of them. Amen. You don't have to tolerate the soulish part of them. You don't have to be around the sinful part of them. You can be around your tribe. The Bible says nations, tribes, clans, and families. I don't have to be around Baptists or Catholics or Lutherans. I can be around elite warriors of the glory. I can be around Gideon's 300. You know, that's the mandate in this ministry. I only have to be around wild freedom drinkers of the river of life. 2006, the mandate was this is Gideon's 300 at Band of Brothers men's group I was leading in Substance Church in Minneapolis, and they said, this is Gideon's 300. You know, I think one of those men stayed in Gideon's 300. He's been walking with me since 2006, been a financial partner since 2006. Isn't that wild? When his monthly partnership comes in, I'm just like, wow. To me, it's a sign and wonder. You have been with it since day one, since I was a senior in Bible college. Honestly, that's probably the most amazing miracle I've seen so far in ministry. The endurance, the loyalty through World War III. And in the spirit world, that's what we've been dealing with. Look at the casualties of this war since 2006. <laughs> Woo, buddy, you can't even imagine. But it's been awesome. And the Holy Ghost has it all written down in the history books. And we can re reminisce after the war is won. But we're coming into a place of the overflow now, which is the victories of Christ to defeat our enemies, to share in his victory over all the enemy. Your victory over the enemy is the building up of your inner man through your soul. You will share in the victories of Christ. We got this idea of spiritual warfare like I need to fight out here. You need to fight the good fight of faith. The apostle says fighting is faithing, which means you're not fighting unless the spirit of faith is working in your belly and the invisible part of you. Your feasting produces faith, by the way. If you're not feasting, you can't fight because only the faith part of you fights the good fight of faith. Everything else is 
soulish ground warfare that just gets you beat up, gets you sick, especially when you start getting around principalities. They'll get you diseased, they'll get you all kinds of messed up. But if you're fighting the fight of faith, which means just growing in the river, getting undone further and further away from soulish Egypt into spiritual Zion, it gets easier and easier. That's what maturing in Christ is, is going deeper and deeper into the victories of the living water. The living water is your victory over all the elements and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the natural realm. Nothing can stop a person who understands the knowledge of the glory as the water covered in the sea. <laughs> because it's flowing through you and me. You can't stop a person that discovers the well of salvation because they're saved. You can't stop salvation. When salvation is a well welling up on the inside of you, it can't be stopped because it comes from a dimension that is superior to the second heavens and all the stars that fell from heaven. But if your brain's out here in the realm of the dead, you're barely drinking, you're malnourished, you're connected to issues, you're connected to your children, you know, they snap the umbilical cord, but now it's your brain in a silver cord, it's a black cord of death around your neck, around your kids and family members, and you think you're just going to be good to them now, externally, naturally, you need the river. The river is the freedom for your families. This salvation and gospel is for your whole house to be saved. It is written, but it only is applied if you get out of the external soul ties. You gotta come out of the natural Adamic fall of childbearing through pain, rearing through pain, all that painful external fathering and mothering, it's so hard all the time, into the realm where Jesus Christ said, mothering and fathering is easy and light. Jesus Christ, red letters. You agree with God? Disagree with yourself. Jesus Christ said, it's easy and light if you're in the river. You don't know how bad your kids are. Yes, I do. And yes, I do. I understand the curse of the fall very well. It's all flesh. God remembered that everyone is flesh. So God understands perfectly everything about you and your situation better than you do. Your issue is you don't know him enough to make a difference in the midst of it. If you prioritize knowing the Spirit of God, you can get through anything. I used to live out of dumpsters in condemned housing for years. The lowest scum of the earth in American society. Homeless, and I looked like it. Dumpster diving for food. Condemned housing. Squatter, I was a squatter. I began this ministry as a squatter in the dumpster. And if poverty were the way, I would have found it long ago. If just external holiness and denying yourself and living like a total lower class dumpster homeless person was the way, I would have found it long ago. We've already done all that. It's not the way. God lives around 24 karat gold mountains. We've been raised out of hell into heaven. I know the way, and that's why I walk in it. He started me out in the lowest of the low, so I would have understanding through experience to teach perfectly, to raise the standard of perfection through experience and have authority through experience of the lowest of the low to the highest of the high. The heights and the width and the depth 
of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, which is the depth of man. We understand the depth of man's sin, the depths of hell. He who ascended is also he who descended into the lowest regions of earth, which is part of apostolic training, chief apostolic training. Actually, to be accurate, you will have to understand the heights and the depths of man and the soul in order to transform it. Otherwise, what are you doing? Just trying to minister into the wind? No, there's a, a purpose and a focus to the ministry through experience, which is wisdom builds. What's the master builder? The Bible tells you wisdom. What's wisdom? Experience plus revelation knowledge. You get revelation knowledge from the bar, and then you go out and have your experiences, and if you cling to the word, guess what happens? Your wisdom grows. And wisdom will build seven pillars inside you, which is knowing the Lord, the spirit of the holy angels, in your hearts much better every season of your life. In every season of your life, you'll go from glory to glory only if you grow in wisdom, if you stop growing in wisdom, just grow in knowledge only, just forget it. You'll be a mess. You'll actually side with the beasts. Those are the people that betray us because they stop growing in wisdom. Look at the evidence of those who stop killing the beasts and mixing wine, which is increasing in the joy of the Lord. They're nasty, miserable people in a demonic metamorphosis because they've betrayed the Lord of glory. They've come against wisdom. They fought wisdom. You read Proverbs, the ones that fight wisdom, they're better off having never been born, it says. They'll have misery, suffering, they'll go into destruction, they'll go to hell, they'll have the torments of death, shadows will be their closest friends. Proverbs is severe for those that reject and attack Lady Wisdom. Oh, hallelujah, put the fear of God in you. Fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. To fear what happens if you're not building wisdom, Woo! you get surrounded by demons, which is folly and madness. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. He had the word of God from Daniel on a silver platter in his throne room for years, but he wouldn't heed it in his heart because Daniel had such a high standard of wisdom. Daniel had the spirit of wisdom and understanding counsel might. He had the seven spirits of God. He had a messianic anointing. He had an apostolic anointing to shift nations and tear down nations, the Bible says. And because the king, which is the soul realm, rejected wisdom, it crawled on its belly and ate grass like a cow, became a cattle, acted like an animal, a king of kings. Nebuchadnezzar was. He was the king of kings. Had everything in the realm of the natural. He was the world ruler. He was the, like the president of the USA and the Illuminati in one. He didn't have a deep state puppeteering him like they do today. He was the whole thing in one man. He had the whole deal. And because he rejected wisdom, he became an animal. How do you become an animal, guys? What is the curse of the fall? Burying the image of the animal, Romans 1 is written. By rejecting divine wisdom, you limit yourself to image bearing of animals. That's why the demons just have a heyday. Those demons loved the king on the grass eating there. They're just right inside there. Oh, finally I can rest inside the king's soul. Principality has come like a big black bird and take a dump on his shoulders. 
put his talons right down inside of his heart and be like, oh, this is nice. And that's how the demons work. In that screw tape letters anointing. I like understanding the demonic so thoroughly that it exposes it in you guys. So you can be set free at a greater maturity in the glory. Amen? You know, people say, is this a deliverance ministry? All ministry is deliverance ministry. You get delivered daily. You know, one of the worst things I've seen in the Pentecostal church is that uh, Christians don't have demons. Well, can demons have Christians? Oh, are you kidding me? Guaranteed they have you. Look at these people. They can't obey him. They've prioritized. Here's how you know if the devil's got you. You prioritize everything else in the realm of the natural instead of your own spirit. What does it profit a man to gain the world, externalism, and then forfeit his own soul because of lacking to develop his own spirit? That's when you're deceived of the devil. All he has to do to get most Americans totally in the wide path of destruction is get them busy. Just get them busy. Hallelujah. You know, you can be busy in a concentration ecstasy. Doesn't mean you don't get busy. It just means you don't get distracted. Some of you need to get busier because you don't have anything going on. And it's just laziness and slothfulness. That's totally demonic. I totally rebuked in the New Testament. There is good works prepared for you ahead of time. And if you don't have any, you're completely lost and you don't know up from down, left from right, you need to come to a place where the river can carry you into where you're meant to be working as a spirit using that temple for God's pleasure. What pleases God? Bringing him fruit. What brings God's fruit to God? The fruit of God, the fruit of the spirit to God, bringing your fruit baskets to God, the offering to God, the pleasure of God. The path of the Lord is to bring God glory that you produce in your spirit, your fruitfulness is an offering to him every day of true worship. How do we get into that place? We obey the Holy Ghost. We gotta get into obedience so radically, so thoroughly. People are like, I don't know what the Holy Ghost has me to do. Then you eat. You eat until it's clear. You'll actually, sometimes you're just led by a feeling. And you'll make mistakes, you'll fall down. Don't think you just get up and start sprinting. That's not how it works. You'll crawl, you'll get up, you'll fall. It's likened to children growing up. They're not just sprinters. They don't pop out of the womb like lightning man from Jamaica. Light Usain Bolt. They come out and they're I mean, just wobbling around. Gotta hold on to things, can barely stand. That's how we are when we're born again. And it is cute, but it's not cute if you're 30 years old in church, still wearing a diaper pooping yourself. Come on, man, get sanctified. You crawl in the Lord, now it's time to walk in the Lord, and you can only walk in the Lord in the Spirit. And you have a Spirit to walk with Him in the Spirit. This is the way, walk in it. What's the way? The Spirit of Truth is the way. The Holy Ghost is the way. Do you know Him today? There's the evangelism coming out in the fivefold. Do you know the Holy Ghost? You know, Jesus, I'm not taking an altar call for Jesus. We need to take an altar call for the spirit of the holy angels. We got this Jesus in our brain as a doctrine. That ain't going to help you. You need the spirit to help you because the doctrine ain't Jesus anyhow. The spirit is Jesus. He sent his spirit at Pentecost. He's still here. 
Now it's just time to know him and grow in him. Every day I'm astonished of how fun it is to grow in Christ. I've never found in all the earth anything more pleasurable than maturing in Christ. It is the ultimate. Once you understand growing in Christ and you're doing it in your spirit and your soul, your soul begins to like it too. The resistance is just temporary because the demons will leave first and then you'll still have the animals. So don't, just because you drive out the demon doesn't mean they're going to get obedient. Makes it easier to not have demons in the soul and the blood and curses and all the words and strongholds of the brain just wrong about everything fighting the Holy Ghost. That's fun to get that stuff out. Makes it easier. But you're still going to have flesh. You're still going to have an animal part of you that's going to be oftentimes really ignorant, really stubborn, just at a DNA level. Get the demons out. Get the sin out. You still have the DNA of the animal. The homo sapien. And it's going to act very stubborn. It might not want to die. Be like, isn't deliverance enough? No, it's not. You're just starting. You're barely even saved, man. Now it's time to get that DNA in the fire, burning it up. And then when the soul and the DNA, soul is DNA, your heart, your brain, and your bones. It's your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Once you get it burnt up a little bit, you begin to love the process. That person goes on autopilot. If I can just get you people to love the priesthood and the sacrifice of your own souls, you'll go in autopilot in spiritual growth. Until you're to that point, the demons can just take you. You be gone, you disappear for seasons. Seasons of sin, I just gotta go sin. Why? Because you are not interested in the Lord. You lack revelation. You don't know He's the ultimate pleasure. You're totally deceived. And so what we got to do is get you to the place of an end of yourself. That's why Satan put some of you in prison 10 days, Revelation 2 and 3. Endure to the end, you get a crown of life. Crown of life means you don't go to death anymore. You're done with the school of hard knocks. Crown of life is, life is my teacher. Death and Satan is no longer my teacher. Hard knock should not be your taskmaster. You're not learning from Egypt. Egypt just tells you what the curse is. We already have enough experience with the curse. We need experience with the blessing. The Bible talks about the curse and the blessing in Moses all the time. Curse with the curse if you don't do this. Bless with the blessing if you do this. And we say, oh, it's just Old Testament. No, it's New Testament too. New Testament, there's curses. If you read 1 Corinthians 16, 20. Should we go there? This will blow your mind. Amplified classic. I'm sure Brian Simmons got it right too. 1 Corinthians 16, 20. All the brethren, what is it? Shabba. Yeah, 1622. If anyone does not love the Lord, does not have a friendly affection for him and is not kindly disposed towards him, he shall be accursed. Anathema means utterly destroyed. That's the kind of preaching I like. As long as they come with an anathema message, I'm good. These people pleasing, watered down churches. Oh, where's the accursed? <laughs> yeah, that's right here in the apostolic. That's why there's only 15 people here. 
Because they, they all want the blessing, but they're not willing to deal with the animal curse. They want to deal with all the warm, fluffy stuff, the flaky stuff, the easy stuff. I don't want to deal with that. You got enough immature ministries in the world to deal with that. I want to deal with the depths of darkness and Satan and hell and demons and principalities and actually make a difference and do something here to change the world. Otherwise, what are we doing? Just wasting our time? We got enough people-pleasing ministries for the next 10,000 years. How about we please the spirit of the holy angels and destroy some stuff? Yeah. Stir up some persecution. <laughs> Stir up some misunderstanding. Who cares what they think? Turn over the ship, completely sink it, point the cannons inward, blow it up, and let's see if you can swim. We're building a new army that's based on people that can walk on water, not dependent on all the pacifying training wills of the natural realm and incubator Christianity. We need maturity. Life preservers are coming off. Everything that you're adrift on the sea, floating on, driftwood ministry, it's dissolving. Now we're praying for whales to be swallowed up in victory. What's death? You are! You're death! Take a look at this thing. That's what death is, if you didn't know it. We always think it's something else and something outward because we're hypocrites. You're death! We need to be swallowed up in victory. This body, this blood, this heart, be swallowed up in victory. I want Jonah's whale. You need it. Don't think you're going to overcome anything without it. That's what the cross is. The belly of the whale represents getting into the belly of God and dying to yourself and living to Christ. We're praying for success in Nineveh. Oh, I'm an anointed evangelist. I'm out here under the gourd tree. We're out here smoking the gourd. Oh, yes. Oh, I nailed that one, Lord Jesus. Million demon-possessed idiots repented and believed in the God of Israel. Hallelujah. Best evangelist in the entire Bible, Jonah. Oh, Jonah's about to go back into the whale at the end of Jonah. Uh-huh. He's out there complaining. What about Israel? I'm saving the heathen nations. What about my own family? I'm out here helping others. My own spouse is a frickin' demon. Help me, woe is me. I'm under here feeling bad for myself, saving others. You're not doing anything for me. That's Jonah at the end of Jonah. Amen. You know what Jonah gets? Whale part two. I know because I've gone through whale part two and part three and four, five, six, and seven. And I'm still getting swallowed up in seven, which means now I like it. Now I like the baptism of death. I didn't like it before. Why? Because the soul was too much and spirit was too little. Don't think you're not going to get swallowed up in the belly of a great fish. We say the belly of the great fish. That must have been Leviathan. You never see Leviathan doing anything good. All he does is bad stuff constantly. But this whale did something good. 
spit the prophet into his destiny where he's meant to be. You know, that's what the baptism of death does. That's what the cross does. You know what God's destiny for your life is? The belly of a great fish. When Jesus was dealing with the stubborn pride of the religious people who all believed in God in his day, he said the only sign and wonder you idiots are gonna get is Jonah. That's what he said. He called them dogs, which was the equivalent of swearing at them. We're so PC, we think, oh man, God's angry at me. He's angry at the devil in you. He's angry at the stubbornness and the sorcery and the pride that keeps your spirit incarcerated because he's the Lord of spirits. And if your spirit can't get loose through all the dirt in you, he's gonna get violent with you. You need a cat of nine tails, Jesus coming into the temple, overturning the tables of your soul. Overturning the tables of your heart, your mind, your personality's warped, more like an animal than an angel. You're barely even joyful. You need Jesus to come over there and just turn the tables over. Amen. Come in there, just destroy everything. You know, invite the destroyer of Egypt's firstborn into your heart. And the firstborn of Egypt, which is death in you, will die tonight. Then you'll have the Passover lamb, the name of Jesus, written in your forehead. But you're first going to get the baptism of death. Can't be avoided. And if you avoid it, you'll never be a disciple. And you'll be lucky to make it into heaven because we're going to raise the standard in this generation where your Billy Graham Association salvation card ain't enough. Amen. Just filling out your little Jack Chick track ain't going to get you into heaven. You're going to have to get sanctified. You're going to have to be transformed of soul. Serving God in the way and walking in it. Normal Christians. How about we have the apostolic standard of the first century? Normal anointianity. Normal glorianity where you get drunk and the wine and you're the leaders and the elders and not kicked out like these fake churches in America. Amen! Mary said in the Odes of Solomon, which was the Christian hymn book of the first century, blessed are the ministries of the drink. And if you're not a minister of the drink, Mary, who was an elder in the church of the first, the mother who birthed God, she said, you're not even blessed unless you're ministering the drink. We must minister the drink inside the drink. Guess what's in there? The bread dipped in the blood. It's dipped in there. Amen. You think Judas Iscariot just gets the little pita bread dipped in the dish? No. You're going to eat it too. And guess what? Some of that stuff that belongs to hell that looks like Judas going to come out of all of us. You think good stuff's going to come out of you when you eat the bread? When you eat the sauce? He's like, dip it in the sauce. And it comes out, what happens? Satan entered him. We see that all the time. After I watched Joel's bars, Satan entered me. Why? Because it was what's in your heart was revealed. Watch pigs in the parlor. Most of you are coming out of the greatest necromancy of occult Christianity of Jezebel of all time. Of course you're demonized. You couldn't get into worse darkness than what you've already been involved in. Now it's time to get delivered by eating the sauce and the bread from the dish and getting all that stuff out of you that's disloyal.
You will sell him a few times for silver and shekels of silver. You will be like a Judas. You will be like a Peter denying him. Nobody grows up perfectly. You deal with the imperfect constantly until that stuff is out and Christ himself has risen in your hearts. Then you're faithful to God because only Jesus is faithful to God. I've never seen loyalty anywhere else. Man is fickle. Man acts like Peter. Oh, the spiritual warfare. We got the Gadarene demoniacs this season against RLM. We don't hear around these flakes just disappear. Where are they? Where are our defense attorneys? Lord, they are no more. We just got a bunch of people out there going nuts on us. We need people to stand up. You know, apologetics. Defending the faith. Well, what do you think the shield of faith is? I mean, Jesus has put on the armor of God. What are you defending? The pearl of great price. The human spirit, the Bible says, needs honor and armor needs a defender. There's a defender of the spirit. What do you think shepherding is? The pastoral realm defends the spirit from Satan in the soul realm, in the natural realm, in the realm of the dead. Which means if you're not defending your spirit, just forget defending anyone else's spirit. And you begin to defend everyone's spirit, which is arising as a mighty champion in Israel. That's God's will for your life, that you eat for your spirit so you can defend people's spirits. I'll defend everyone's spirits. I don't even care what's in their soul. They could be incarcerated in prison and maximum penitentiary for murder, but their spirit's getting protected under our canopy of love. The soul's a mess. They need to do time because they're still a mess and they got murder in their brain. Yep, you gotta stay in jail. Ten days until you have the crown of life, the Bible says. You stay locked up, man. We pray for some of these mental institute people to be locked up in mental institutes for the rest of their lives until they have the crown of life, until they have the spirit of a sound mind. Otherwise, they should not be in public. Some of these people are so far gone, they need to be locked up. That's why Jesus says in the red letters, you're going to get locked up for 10 days. doesn't mean 10 days. It means however long until you get the crown of life. Until the mind of Christ has gotten Satan out of your hearts and minds. Half of you are lucky you're not locked up right now. That's why the fear of God's here. I, I should be locked up, but I'm out here. They, they let me out. <laughs> so I'm taking my sanctification more seriously. <laughs> Amen. Glory. Well, the crystal sea becomes our angelic intelligence, and it's going pretty good. If anybody does not love the Lord, does not have a friendly affection for him and is not kindly disposed towards the anointing. You notice how many people are not kind towards the apostolic anointing at Red Letter Ministries? Well, this verse is for you. He shall be a cursed anathema. It's all bless your enemies. Well, this is the blessing. You just don't have revelation. This is the blessing. This is scripture now. People think, oh, you can't say this. Yeah, you, this is bi the Bible. You need the Bible teaching on curses because you're dealing with the, the biggest mess of animals of all time. And if you don't have this in your shepherd's crook, they'll r run all over you. 
They'll destroy you. Satan's playing for keeps. Christians don't usually fight with the same level of intensity because they're ignorant of how to. They don't know how to. We don't lose to animals. We don't lose to foul birds. What does it take to shepherd Pharaoh? What does it take to shepherd Janes and Jambres? Timothy says, this is what you're dealing with, the sorcerers of Egypt. All this crap that comes in the guise of Christ that's anti-Christ in the soul dimension, it's all Janus and Jambres. You're dealing with sorcery constantly. Unless you are skilled as Moses to deal with the sorcery, they'll run all over you. That's what they're trying to do. Trying to take advantage of you. They're trying to exploit your Christian fake niceness. We're just nice Christians, so we're nice to Janus and Jambres, so they rule over us and we're stuck building bricks in the mud because that's my Christian service. No, you're imprisoned of the fallen angels. You're castrated, the Bible calls it. Amen. So now it's time for the Christians in Egypt, which is America. Look at your $1 bill. If you don't think that's the Egyptian pyramid there, you're totally deceived. You're in Egypt. It doesn't matter of your quality of life. It doesn't matter if you have a nice TV, a nice house. It's the matter of the condition of the geography you're in, the nation you're in, the rulers of your nation, and how to take it back through righteousness, not through your own inventions and ideas, not even through protesting. Who cares about any of that? But by the Holy Ghost, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how you take America back. Which means a blueprint for the development and the maturing of your spirit on the inside to go up into the realm and shake celestial bodies. You know the only problem in America is principalities and your spirit is a prince of peace a superior principality and if you eat for your spirit you'll just grow up into that place and get your inheritance which is the heavens ruling the earth the bible says satan took jesus to a high and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world bow down and worship me and i'll give you all this he said get stuffed and gagged and go to hell yeah amen you shall worship the lord your god only deuteronomy Ha, ha, ha. He threw the law on him. Put the law. He threw the Ten Commandments on the devil. But how many of y'all know that high place through the cross, Jesus has attained according to Colossians. Now he has conquered the universe. He's conquered every principality and power. Every high place, every mountaintop belongs to Jesus. But he's so wild, guys. And he, he's so out of control. This man of light, this Messiah that he doesn't even stand up there with his flag on the moon with the USA saying, this is mine. He just abandons his property like a landowner and goes far away, the Bible says. And then he gives it to tenants. Scripture says he gave it to other people to manage. Meaning he gave us the kingdom, the ability to rule this world, and he's gone far away. So the scriptures say. Now it's up to you to develop your inner man into the same stature of Christ I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ be formed in you in maturity to rule this world. It's going to cost you your soul. It's going to cost you your human bloodlines. Whoopty frickin' do. It's like trading a manure pile for a mountain of gold if you have any revelation at all. I don't care if you're a prince of Wales. I don't care if you're King Charles. This is the best deal for King Charles of all time. Trading the royal Hogwarts 
Windsor family abomination of false royalty for the true royalty of Jesus Christ. And don't think that that is true royalty. Don't be deceived with those Luciferians. That's the head of Freemasonry, if you didn't know. What's the head of Freemasonry? The royal family of England. Get a life. Get a life. Every Freemason lodge in every first world nation has the royal family of England in it because that's the head of Luciferian sorcery. Wake up. Wake up. Stop honoring the sorcerers and acting like dogs all the time. This is not temple of the dog. It's temple of the Holy Spirit. Dogs honor their sorcerers. So you look at these dogs and their little trailers bowing down to the TV to Queen Elizabeth. They tame dogs. They've been dog walked. They got an awesome dog service in your city. And if you're into that, you're a dog. Straight up dog and Jesus called them dogs. They eat the scraps off their sorcerer's tables. Can a dog turn into a Christian? That's our testimonies. And now we're not dogs anymore, which means I don't follow the Luciferian idiots of the royal families of Europe. I don't follow the sons and daughters of Satan anymore. I don't follow the chumps in the USA who claim to have your best purpose in mind. We follow the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is Lord. Everything else is a demon. And we are the people filled with Christ that are going to change this. Some of these people are anointed to go into positions of power. I love it. Just stir it up. Just burn it all up. And they're working on it. And your spiritual growth. Now, this is the thing you need to understand as a merry company. Now, God in prophetics likens this situation right now in the USA to Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac, the son of promise. Ishmael, the son of Hagar. But Ishmael still gets water from Jesus Christ that she sent out with Hagar. Ishmael and Hagar are cast out because there's no more slavery in Christ. It represents the old man, the religious man. It's gone. Now we're children of the promise. We're Isaac, meaning laughter, joy, sons of grace, not sons of law, sons of the free woman, not sons of the slave woman. But the slave woman's still out there, the Bible says. And the slave woman has a son, and she's also a believer in Jesus Christ, and she's talking to Jesus Christ. Her son's an obedient drinker of Jesus Christ. Ishmael shot down Nimrod in the open field, which is all these evangelists, these evangelicals, Listen, I'm not against this stuff because a lot of them are being used as Ishmael. Now, I don't want to be a part of the Ishmael company. Yeah. It's They're not God inside-minded, but they are saved. It's outer court activity. Outer court deals with the natural realm. We deal with the glory realm of the Holy of Holies. This is the standard, and as you go deeper into the Holy of Holies, in your center, in your spirit, the throne of the Lamb, you will empower those, and many of those will go deeper into the inner court. And they'll go deeper from the inner court into the holy place. It don't end there. This is where your brain goes when it gets renewed. Into the Holy of Holies, which is the throne of the Lamb for the overcomers. Notice what they overcome. They overcome the outer court, the brain, first. Then they overcome the inner court, the heart, second. Then they overcome their own spirit, the holy place, third. Then they sit on the throne of the Lamb, are given an iron scepter as mature beings in the spirit, full spiritual stature, the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Then they rule the world. But if your brain is on the outside, Forget about it. You're not even on the path, man. 
repent, get back onto the path, and develop loyalty to Christ in your spirit and make inward progress. And the external stuff you're hooked into will manifest, try to pull you back out because you've been serving at altars of demons. Most Christians have multiple gods, just like the Old Testament Christians, Old Testament Israel. They worshiped Yahweh. Oh, and they also worshiped Asherah. They worshiped Molech, the abomination of the Amalekites. They worshiped the star god, Venus. They worshiped Sailor Moon. They did. They worshiped all kinds of gross. Oh, stepping on toes right now. We need to. Tough love in the place tonight. They worshiped everything. They worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars. They worshiped the celestial hosts. It said, don't even look up to the stars, it says in Genesis, lest you worship the starry hosts. Yeah. Well, guess what? You get lifted up there in the spirit of the starry hosts. We didn't have the authority and the power or the impartation 6,000 years ago to deal with it. We had lost our very spirit in the curse of the fall. Now we got our spirit back for 2,000 years. Our spirit strong enough in Christ to deal with all the curse of the fall like the days of Noah. We're not shrinking back in caves like Elijah. Elijah has been growing in man's spirit for 2,000, 4,000 years. Come on now. We grow up every generation in Christ into a greater glory. And that's our story. It's never boring. It's fun in the sun to get undone from religion. To enjoy your spiritual growth at the cost of your own sin. To grow within where you'll always win. It'll deal with losers around you. They'll try to distract you with their sin and demons. Notice when a person went after the, the double portion, everyone went crazy around him. If you settle for complacent satisfaction, it's not even so much of denying your faith in our American Christianity. They're not trying to get you to deny faith. Your parents applaud you for being a Christian because now you're good. And you don't smoke crack anymore. You don't buy prostitutes anymore. Your parents are proud of you. He's a good boy. He's, a good boy. He's not the little whore and slut he used to be. He's a good one now. Parents are proud of you now. You're a good freaking animal. You know, that they'll applaud that. But when you start going after being an angel, I mean, not even a human anymore, and you just like Angel Yahweh in there, they will freak out on you on every level you can't even imagine. Then you'll understand this verse. You'll have to hate your parents in order to be my disciple. Jesus preached hatred towards his mom and dad. You don't hear that in Sunday morning services. But Jesus Christ said it in the Bible. Let's do a Google hurt on the hate of Jesus. Get all your fake, shallow, soulish love away from me. Anathema curses and Jesus hate. The message at Joel's bar tonight. Solid meat for the mature, I might say. Yeah, hallelujah. Unless you hate your father. <laughs> you know, it's called hating the curse of the fall. Jesus said, whoever hates me hates my father. That's hatred to God. But Luke 14, 26, this is the one you want to 
write down in your daily devotional. <laughs> if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father. <laughs> Teach your kids that, parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, we're not done there. And hate his own mother. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you don't see parents teaching their kids that one. Uh, uh, child, we're gonna have to have a talk. I've noticed you haven't been obedient to Luke 14, 26. You don't hate me enough. <laughs> if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, oh, in the sense of indifference to a relative, disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God. Amplified classic, don't ruin it. Oh man. Oh man. That's no fun. And likewise hate his own wife. And then hate his and then hate his own children. <laughs> hey, that's what it says now. Hate his own life. Hate his own wife. And then hate his children. And then hate his brothers. And then hate his sisters. And hate his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Wow. What in the world, Lord Jesus? I mean, no wonder why they killed this guy. That message right there opposed every aspect of society in, in Israel. Or you could say American Christianity today. But if you understand the revelation of it, which is the soul, it's a total rejection of soulishness. It's a sword in every angle you could be connected to the realm of the dead. Because he likes you so much, he wants you to be free like he is. You have to stick a sword in any possible connection. I've seen prophetic people, I've seen drunk people. They don't have this, they don't walk in this. They're connected to natural stuff. They have a blood-sucking vampire relationship with their daughter. I mean, they're totally idolatrous. The drunk drunkenness is just the beginning of sanctification. It doesn't mean you're right with God. It means you've begun getting sanctified by God. Stay drinking, and when the fruit gets better and better, it means you've disconnected from all that stuff connecting to the natural realm. If you're not drinking the new wine, you're not even getting sanctified. True. Yeah, you, you don't even hate your cat. Fake disciple wannabe poser. I, I see you on Instagram. With your little baby pictures. Bible says, hate your kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, no. What have we started? A wildfire. It's going to require you getting a lot more revelation. And a lot more intoxication. But this stuff gets fun in the glory. The more severe the word and the harder for the animal to understand, the drunker it is once you have spiritual intelligence. That's why I go into the most horrible parts of the Bible every day. <laughs> because because it's, it's the strongest food for the spirit. We'll get into Leviticus and Lamentations later this week. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. What does it say? Hallelujah. If you want to be accurate, all these new age punks, 
instead of self-love, self-hatred group in the glo- in the glory realm. This is a glory group of self-hatred. That would be a sign and wonder on Facebook. Any kind of Christian maturity at all on planet Earth. It doesn't even exist yet. You know that? I mean, wait till maybe 2050. But, you know, you say this stuff and we're like, no, that's the evidence of actual Christian maturity. It doesn't even exist yet. Otherwise, there would be a self-hatred group on Facebook. And it wouldn't even be a joke. People would be in there actually like sons of God. Amen. Oh, there's some people that are real Christians. Oh, they don't. I don't even think real Christians exist on this planet yet. You can't call an infant in Christ a real Christian. Christian means a Christ one. They barely even have a mustard seed of Christ. It's all just animal and sin and dirt and religion on top of Jesus. Jesus has nothing to do with any of that. Jesus can't wait to use that as fertilizer as a manure pile to rise in the midst of the soil of your heart and brain. Come up in you in maturity. Come up in me in maturity. Lord, mature in your people through revelation, intoxication, fun obedience in the glory, fun in the severity of your judgments. Listen, everyone in the Bible that got into any kind of maturity in the prophetic whatsoever enjoyed judgment. King David said, judge me. Judge me, Lord. Judge me according to your righteousness. Search my heart, O Lord. If you find anything unclean in me, pull it out. And we also pray for angelic horse tranquilizers. Amen. If you go under the knife, it's surprising they don't knock you out. You just get a morphine button. I gotta be awake through this procedure. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're awake, sometimes you get knocked out. I get knocked out still almost on a daily basis. I get I get woken up and I'm just Where are we now? We're in a different realm. Everything shifts. You know you know why you're in a different realm in this kind of glory? It's because of the spirit of the holy angels. You're putting the angels to work in your greater maturity with the spirit in his ways. They're no longer higher in your ways. They become your ways because you yielded your ways to his highways. And now when you get his ways through disobedience and faith, you're in the realm of millions and myriads of angels, which means everything is going to be like melting around you on a constant acid trip. It's true. Everything will be melting around you like an acid trip. Like drinking a vial of LSD. Liquid salvation of deity. LSD. Hallelujah. Liquid salvation deity. You need it. And it will melt around you. But if you need an anchor to the natural realm... Well, you have no faith. That's why people don't go into this wild stuff of the liquid realm of the living waters and the oil and the liquid fire and the river of fire. It's because they're afraid of giving up their soul and losing control that they might die. That's the only way you live anyway, is when you die on the anointing. Listen, I overdosed 20 times and a couple of those times I died and turned blue. If I don't die overdosing on the anointing, I'm the biggest hypocrite of all. 
I lived through counterfeit death on drugs. I'm live. I'm gonna overdose on the anointing. I'm gonna. That's actually the property and the character quality of a good sheep. They eat until they pass out and go into a trance. They gorge until they die. You sit there and mirror the word. Now's the season to mirror the word and to watch the Bible. We got all the Bible on our Red Letter Ministries YouTube page. You can mirror it on your cell phone, on your computer, on your TV, and put the word into your eyeballs, the windows of your soul. Because when you start to do that and it gets heavy, that's because the sheep is eating until it passes out. It's okay to resist that too, it's fun. It's not a bad thing. You're just forcing more in, you know, open your eyeballs up. How much can I get in before it knocks me out? And you wake up and you're super energized, go right back to it. Or listen to some other music and have fun with that new level in your life and enjoy it and walk in it. Amen. All of this stuff that you go through with God is to have more enjoyment of God in your life. Sanctification is the funnest thing in the world. It's only hard when you first start because you're completely filled with satanic pride. It's true. That's every believer's testimony. We start completely filled with pride, and as you start to learn his ways, it becomes enjoyable to kill the animal. I love the new covenant priesthood. You will love killing the pride in your heart and mind and sanctifying yourself every day in the Word of God. And this is how you know it's working, that you're in a high elevation of glory, that you're getting knocked out by it still like a sheep eating the pasture. And if you're not getting knocked out and it's just like there's nothing there, man, ooh, you're in a bad place. You need to do a little fasting. I mean, your spirit's not even sensitive to the word. I mean, it's not going into your spirit. Your spirit's like dead. You're so anemic and malnourished that it can't even, your spirit's not even awake in your body. And so what you need to do is fast and pray and get Satan out of your heart until you're sensitive to the word and the word has an effect on you like a sheep eating grass until it can knock you out and put it in trance and have angelic encounters every day. That's the sign that your spirit is healthy. Not every believer has a healthy spirit. Some of you don't. That's why you need to fast until your spirit's healthy and there's a sensitivity to the word. He says, don't need to fast if the bridegroom's present because you're already feasting. But if the bridegroom's not present and you're not already in the feast of the lamb, you need to fast. That's what Jesus Christ said. Because you're not even living for Christ in your spirit. You're not even in the kingdom, man. You're totally backslidden. So get that stuff out of you. Renounce whatever's been sucking the life out of you in the outside realm and return to your first love and get sensitive to the word of God and make the word your God. The Logos, the written word, is God. Heaven and earth passed away, but the Logos, written word, remains forever. The Bible says the Rhema is not King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Bible says the Logos is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Revelation 19, riding on the white horse. But you only have the Logos as King of Kings and Lord of Lords when your spirit's alive. If the soul is all just bigger than the spirit, you don't even know the word. There's no kingship of the word. There's no dominion of the everlasting word. It's not even the word of God. It's still in this dead letter form. It hasn't fallen into your spirit. 
You need to die. You need a death in the animal. You've been serving the animal. You've been serving the beast. Now it's time to serve Christ in you and realize the glory and use the glory to kill your own beast every day in every way. So you're no longer in the wood, hay, and stubble, in the rubble, but you're in the fruity pebble. And the bam-bam and the pebbles in the Flintstone Rock of Ages. You might need it. Go back into those ancient realms inside your DNA in the Flintstone glory. Deal with those Tyrannosaurus Rexes and Pterodactyls in your brain. Some of these beast offerings are full-blown raptors. You're raised by wolves. You're raised by Velociraptors. You've been raised by Tyrannosaurus Rexes. You've been raised by reptilian red dragons. You've been raised by Luciferian children of Satan. All that stuff, that reptile, all of that ancient corruption in the DNA, he wants to erase in you today. He wants to heal you in every way. He wants to set you on the path of righteousness to shine brighter than the noonday sun in the spirit. And I'll tell you the truth, your spirit already is. You may not see it with your brain, because the brain's a lying demon. Brain's deceived about everything, including your spiritual progress and your spiritual growth. But your spirit is already brighter than the sun. Your judgment is not the judgment of God. Thank God for that. The judgment of God is in the spirit, and that is always greater than the soul, even if your brain isn't renewed to it yet. Which means you're awakening to his realm of victory, his realm of power, his realm of perfection that's already perfect, that will never change no matter if you grow or don't grow. It's his perfection shared with the imperfection part of you, your heart and mind, that awakens you and manifests him through your bodies. That's what the Great Awakening is, a people awakening to the perfection of Jesus and the Father. They didn't do anything, saved by grace, meaning you didn't do anything. You were never perfect once. You've never done anything good in your whole life. Jesus is your goodness. The living water is your goodness. Amen. Amen. And you got to fully awaken to that. Otherwise, the devil just rob you in the soul realm forever. Being accurate in the word. Each day as a priest, all of you have the word of God and you grow in your sacrificial dagger. Falling first on your own sword, which is dying to self and living to Christ, to the measure I can, and that's all God asks of you. He's not asking you to be a super apostle. He's asking you to grow today right where you're at. He's not asking you to be anyone else. He's not judging you compared to someone else's growth. That's stupid. He's comparing you to the potential of your own sacrifice today, right now. That's how you'll grow in salvation. That your own sacrificial dagger of your own priesthood, of your intimate relationship in that temple of that body you're in right now, be used upon your heart and mind and grow in Christ today to the measure you're capable of. And that is a day where he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. 
not perfect, but perfect in the level you're at today in infancy. And you need to hear that as you grow up as a little child. That the father said, you did good today, but I didn't do as good as Brandon. Shut up! You did as good as you could do at your level as you grow in Christ. Don't compare yourselves to others. It's foolishness. You are growing up and being trained by Christ on the inside personally. We come around and we help that with clarity on the outside, but ultimately it's between you and the Spirit of God on the inside of your own body. And you're making progress. If you're sticking around and you notice an increase of joy, you're smiling more, you are making progress in your inner man. And that's success in God's book. The race doesn't belong to the quick, but to those who endure and make it to the end. Like the tortoise and the hare. You see these people burn out after two weeks or two months. They come in with zeal, post 4,000 things in the RLM group. You haven't seen them for two months. Where'd they go? Flakes everywhere. It's about the constant progress of the spirit. Amen. And enjoying the days of small beginnings. Enjoy your little butter knife as a one-year-old in Christ. You only need a butter knife when you're one, two, three, four, five. They're not going to give you something sharp. you kill yourself. You'll die. You'll hurt others. you hurt yourself. you get the exact same sword as the age and maturity of your spirit. Because he's a perfect father. And you're not going to be ashamed of it because it was given to you by God. It's precious. precious. Like the little kids in all these movies. They just get these like little daggers. Like the... Hobbits and Lord of the Rings is like get this little miniature pin needle. <laughs> but it works on Shalob. You've seen it before, it burns blue. When the orc come around. You know, I want the big sword of Aragon. Everyone wants Aragon sword, man. You ain't getting Aragon sword until you grow up, and y'all get Aragon sword. Because you come into unity with the king in the logos of the word. The word of God has to be fully formed in your spirit, conquering the heart and the brain and the bones, and then your sword will be like an Aragon. Amen. Until then, enjoy the little Frodo sword and do your little Frodo obedient tasks. And you have assignments using your abilities right now. And if you're faithful at that level, you'll grow and your armor and your sword will grow. Amen. That's how you invest the talent for more talent. What's talent? Ability to participate in the divine nature. You're not given all the talents at once. He gives you a down payment and sees what you do with a little bit of himself. And if you're faithful with a little, he'll give you much more, the Bible says. It's all about sowing and reaping, investing and and, and having a harvest of what you're doing with your spirit. From glory to glory is being faithful in that level. And many of you are, and you know what level you're at, and there's not even deception, and it's you're enjoying the level you're in. You'll have to go through all the degrees of Christ, 33 degrees, 33 years of the tree of life, the rings in the tree. You can't skip to 33. Are you insane? You're like, you had to do one first, two and three. In the childhood, the way of the Lord is growing in the Lord, in the childhood of the Lord. He had a childhood, which means you're going to have a childhood. He had teenage years. You're going to have teenage years in the glory. And you keep maturing and you haven't even come close to arriving yet. Amen. And you begin to learn growing in Christ in the Lord is 
the most enjoyable, fun thing that you are called and all meant to do in life. It's the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to grow in Christ. We want to do works first. Stop it. Just stop it. No one asks a one-year-old to work. Are you insane? That's crazy. You got to be at least 12 to work a full-time 40 hours a week. Amen. 12 years old. That's a good age. That's what China says. Maybe eight. You get a little cot and stack them five stories tall and work in a sweatshop. Father God's sweatshop glory. That's not funny. There's human trafficking. Shut up, you phileo demon. Get a life and start eating severity and grow up. Time to start eating some solid meat. You're like lions, you know, you have a little cub. You know, think the literally milk, no doubt. They get the little milk. Can't wait to get them off of milk. Start eating some zebras. Amen. Some solid meat. They start jumping on the back of these things, leaping around, and just eating them while they're taking you for a ride. That's what they do. Some, that was a picture yesterday on Facebook. It was an eagle. Eagle jumped on the back of this deer and just was eating it while I was alive. <laughs> like, oh, poor deer, man. I, I said, that's a good eagle. That's how that eagle knows how to eat. That's his job. Bible says, you're an eagle. You have the nature of the eagle that knows how to eat from the high place. You need to feast. Eagles feast on snakes. They destroy lies. They devour all the crap and the fear and the paranoia out of young persons in Christ so that they're fearless in the eagle nature. Amen. Glory. Let's get all the worms out of everyone's brains. Release the white eagles. When the eagles come, it always gets easier. It's like a shortcut in Lord of the Rings. But notice they couldn't just call the eagles from the Shire and drop them off in Mount Doom. You gotta go through some stuff to mature you. Because you're called all that training for reigning because you're called to be a government through experience. He's developing you in wisdom is the most important thing in your life, not just skipping into maturity. You're gonna need about 10,000 more experiences to grow in wisdom because you guys are being trained and groomed by heaven to be the next generation of leaders of society. That's what's at stake here. And if you skip all the lessons, you disqualify yourself from your position in the heavenly Sanhedrin. God opens the Sanhedrin to everyone. It's not a political Herod spirit. You gotta be of this bloodline or you gotta do an internship. All this stuff that you do in the political scheming of the glory stream. You gotta know someone to get on the stage. You gotta be in their little cult or clique. And it, it is immaturity and it's not right. It's not, that'll, that's not kingdom. That's churchy. All of that will come down and we're not bitter about it. We don't care. We're building the kingdom. It's totally different. The heavenly Sanhedrin is totally open and available for anyone who matures. That's how it works in heavenly Jerusalem. Anyone whose spirit comes up in a greater spiritual stature walks amongst the 24 elders, has a say in the Sanhedrin of God. It's true. You don't buy your way into that position. Although giving shall increase because of your spiritual growth, you'll have a greater prosperity in your soul, so you won't be given the $5 offerings anymore. You'll be ruling over businesses and cities like Solomon's. You'll be ruling over all society and marketplace and priesthood both as the Israel of God was meant to be in the Bible. 
God's promises and dreams fulfilled in his sons and daughters, the eternal Israel of God, and it requires the maturity, and you're all in that training. So just enjoy it. Buckle down for the long run and work under the Lord and not for men. Learn the lessons that the Spirit of God's training you in. And if and if the demons training you, you might be in prison, endure to the end, and get the crown of life. Sometimes you put yourself in bad places that God didn't put you there. You're so far off from the will of God that his demons are your mentors. Which means ask Jesus into your heart. Let him send angels to deliver you and take you out of those prisons and Egyptian places of demons into realms of training for your spirit's destiny from your creator in heaven, Jesus Christ. And you get a different environment to grow up in. I, God completely trans, transported me out of a den of demons and out of drug culture and just all kinds of murder and just horrible darkness and gave me a realm of light to grow up in when I was converted from Montana to Minnesota. No longer had to be around hell. Now I'm in heaven, growing as a spirit in a pasture land. He will place you in a realm of pasture and be a shepherd to your soul as you eat as young Christians. And if you're not in that place, get into that place. Whatever you do, you can't even grow because you'd be so distracted by wolves and bears and lions and demons beating the hell out of you all the time because you're not even in the pasture that the great shepherd prepared for you. You can't even grow as young people unless you're in the, the shepherd field of the great shepherd. You gotta be in the sheep field. You gotta be amongst that good grass, which is the food for your spirit. So that's the first, the trans relocation. You get born again, believe in Jesus, wonderful. We celebrate with you. Now get trans relocated. Some of you are gonna change geographies. Some of you just gonna move down the street. Just get out of that house. Just get out of those relationships. Just repent and get into a place where your spirit can grow and you're not around demons or sinners. Get away from sinners, come out from amongst them, and be holy, commands the Lord. Bad company corrupts good morals, it is written. It will stain your garments every day and don't think that Jesus was a friend of sinners like that. He transformed their nature so they stopped sinning. If those sinners don't stop sinning, you are nothing like Jesus. You're around bad company corrupting good morals, Morals, it is written. Amen. You can't grow around the dead who love the sins of the dead. You can't grow. It'll choke you out, the Bible says. You need to be around people that are interested in spiritual growth, and all of us here are, and there's people all over the world, and if it's just you in your city, there's the online community. That's why it's created by God. You can be interact with people, like-minded, that are going the distance with their spiritual development, and a lot of you are pioneering it for your whole state and your whole nation. Because this is some far out stuff. It needs to be pioneered, maturity. Well, you can come out of your high and lofty cloud and throne once in a while and go see how the other believers are doing in your region too. Amen. I think for 10 years I still went to church once in a while around the Twin Cities until the, they all knew I was a heretic and I wasn't welcome anywhere. <laughs> I'm not missing out on anything. I love being on the front lines and the fringe of the Holy Spirit. It is so thrilling at this level and degree of glory. I am so thankful for all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was all necessary for the greater glory. Amen. Father, I pray a blessing on every believer at the sound of my voice to help them grow 
in Christ, in their spirit, right where they're at today. If they need to be moved around, if they need to repent of stuff in their life, give them grace and grant them repentance unto life. That there be more of the Holy Spirit in their soul and less of Satan. Amen. More obedience in their soul and less rebellion. Amen. More of Jesus and the Lamb of God in their soul and less of the world. Thank you, Father, for doing it in all of us together as we grow in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory. <laughs> Give unto God and you will be blessed.